Parshas Vayechi. Sponsor an episode for just $100 by calling 732-844-3670. In Mesech the Pesachim, the sages tell us about a certain man who attracted the interest of the sages. Dahav ka'azil va'amar akef yama asisnei birata. He used to go around telling people, I would like to build my palace on the seashore. Everyone has a dream house in his mind. And this man was always telling his friends that when the time comes to build his ideal home, the site would be by the seashore. He wanted to retire to a beachfront house. That's the first Peshat in Rashi. Another parish that Rashi says is Akef Yama, by the seashore, Asisna Birasa. The bush grows into a cedar tree. It means that this man was always talking about the benefits of doing business by the ocean ports, exporting and importing. Everything becomes big and prosperous by the ocean, he said. In either case, whatever he said, it means that he liked the seashore. He wanted to live there and to make good business there, and he continued to talk about it so much that it intrigued the Chachamim. Like the Gemara in Gittin says, Michti milsa lo sorich. An imbecile doesn't always talk about only one thing. And if this man is insisting on this idea, there must be something behind it. So Badku Acharov, the sages began to investigate. Why does he talk so much about the seashore? And they found out that he came from the tribe of Zvulun. This was in the times of the Talmud, long after the tribe of Zebulun had already been dispersed and sent into captivity. But when they searched this man's family tree, they discovered that this man came originally from the Zebulunites. Oh, now it makes sense. Because in Parshas Vayechi, when Yaakov was saying his final goodbye to his children, it was about his son Zebulun that he said, Zebulun lechof yamim yishkon. Zvulun will make its habitation by the shore of the seas. Now, if we only had that one sentence of Yaakov Avinu's prophecy, Zvulun will live by the seashore, so we would think that Yaakov was prophesizing that Zvulun would be situated by the seashore, and that's all. That's understandable. You have to live someplace, after all. And Eretz Yisrael is not all mountains or all fields. Some is seashore. So Hashem put the Nachala of Zvulun, their inheritance, in the land by the shores of the sea. Someone has to be there. But along comes this statement from the Talmud, and it tells us that it wasn't merely a matter of divvying up the land. It's much more than that. We're learning now that HaKadosh Baruch Hu originally put into Zvulun an infatuation with the ocean. It's built in. The tribe of Zvulun has in its blood a love for the sea. And it was because of this idiosyncrasy that he had in his nature. That's the reason why Hashem assigned to him a place by the seashore. In order that he could continue to develop that characteristic and live successfully by means of that. Now we go on. The Gemara there says that another man used to go around saying, Donu dine, judge my judgment. Whenever a dispute came up with a neighbor, he didn't want it to settle by arbitration. Instead, he said, 
Let's go to the judge and let him rule according to the strict letter of the law. Could be that his neighbor wanted to make a peshara, but he said, no, let the judge rule, and that's all. Now, you might say that it was just a quirk of this man's mind, but he repeated this attribute so frequently, so consistently, that the sages thought it was suspicious, and therefore, bad kuacharov, they searched after his pedigree. And they discovered that this fellow came from the Shevedan. Dan Yadin Amo. Dan will judge his people, said Yaakov Avinu. It's a family that doesn't believe in leeway, in bargaining, and arbitration. Shevedan was rigid. Others might be more flexible. They're not such sticklers for Dean. But the family of Dan liked that everything should be according to the strict letter of justice. It was a characteristic of the entire family. That's why there are people like that today, too. They don't like to deviate at all. Even little children sometimes are born that way. It's their nature to follow the rules. It used to be in Europe, in Yiddish, we used to call a child like that a tzakonik. Tzakon in Russian means law. A tzakonik is a child who likes the law. If you tell him once to close the door when he walks out, he will always remember that. I remember I once saw a child like that. You told him once, when he was a little baby of three years old, don't forget to close the door. And after that, he never forgot. It was his nature. And so, what our sages discovered was that the words of Yaakov Avinu were not merely a prophecy of something that would happen one day in the future. That one day in the far-off future, Zvulun would be a seafarer merchant supporting Yisachar in his learning. Or that from Dan would come Shibshon, who would judge the nation. It's more than that. Yaakov was describing an attribute of the entire tribe, an inherited family trait. And the truth is that these qualities became accentuated because in ancient times, they used to marry within their own tribe. They didn't dilute their characteristics by means of intermarriage with other Shavatim. When they entered Eretz Yisroel, each tribe was isolated from the other, especially in those days when communication was very difficult and even to cross a mountain where the other tribe lived was almost insurmountable. Many people never crossed that mountain all their lives and the tribes therefore developed into almost separate nations. That's why we find that every Shevet came with different customs. The wide variety of Minhagim are an expression of the nature of every community. Of course, everyone subscribed to the Amuna. They all believed Toira Mina Shamayim. But there's no question that there were different attitudes, different ways that they looked at the world. The Bnei Yehuda were one way and the Bnei Gad another way. They even had different ways of talking. Like you have today. Some say Burich, and some say Boruch, and some say Baruch. The Shavatim didn't speak the same Lashon Kodesh. We know that. Shiboles, you remember that story from Sefer Shoftim. One Shevet said Shiboles, and one said Siboles. One said Good Shabbos, or another said Good Sabbath. But it's much more than that. It's much more than just minhagim and pronunciation. These stories from the Gemara about the man from Zavulun and the man from Dan are important 
because they give us a novel insight into the soul, the character of a human being. From these two instances, we're expected to understand that from the beginning, Hashem created our nation so that people should be different from one another. Not only different in the way we understand. Everybody knows that people are different, but they are different in specific things that cannot be changed. It's built into them. There are some elements of our character that the Sepharim call Tuchunos. Unlike Midas, your Tuchunos are the fundamental traits that you are born with and which you can never change. You see, little babies are born one way or the other. One person may be excitable, another phlegmatic. Your Chavrusa might be a lion, full of energy, while you, not so much. This one is volatile, emotional, and this one Stolid. One person needs to work with his hands. Another wants to sit at a desk. Everyone has a certain way of expressing his or her personality. If I happen to think one way, it may be something that you cannot change in me. It may be built into my nature, just as Zivulun loved the sea and Don loved clear-cut Din. It wasn't something you could change. It was inherited. It was in his blood, and it would be transmitted forever, to all of his seed. And not only in general, but in very many particulars. These are only some of the particulars, but there are many more that we don't know about. If it was so made that Zvulun loved the seashore and others loved mountains, you can be sure that there were many details in which they differed. And therefore, when Yaakov looked at his sons, he was beset by a very big concern. He was deeply worried for the future. After all, Yaakov's sole aspiration was Lahamid Uma Oyvedes Hashem to raise up a people that would serve Hashem, Moirinovuchim. And Yaakov understood that with such different natures, such different personalities, maybe Sunday they would all break apart. If they don't understand that this is Hashem's intention, Hashem's plan from the beginning, so they will go their separate ways. As long as I'm alive, said Yaakov, they will be together. They'll be reminded that we're one family of Ovde Hashem. But if I'm not here anymore, what's going to be? It's like a sefer. As long as the covers are there, the pages stay together. But when the covers of the sefer fall off, then the pages start falling apart. That's why the Medrash says that when Yaakov was on his deathbed, he expressed this worry to his sons. The Shuat Chakiviti Hashem. What's going to happen? Hashem, if my children are not going to understand that every page in the Sefer of the Am Yisrael is important, that all of these differences are intended by Hashem so that each person will be able to bring out his own contribution. My children will go separate ways. Now Yaakov's sons understood their father's worry, and so they all got up and made a declaration to their father. Shema Yisroel, listen our father Yisroel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. All of us have one Hashem. Don't worry, father. Whatever differences you see in us, we are all Avde Eloke Avicha. We are all united in the service of Hashem. We understand that the purpose of our differences is so that each one of us, whatever differences we have in our nature, will be able to contribute in our own way to the Amashem. 
we are learning now one of the big purposes of all these differences that we see among the Am Yisroel. Each one of Yaakov's sons had their own characteristics, and all of those different seeds were passed on to us. We have those sparks in each one of us. It's not an accident. That's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants, that each one will use his own particular talents, his own characteristics in his service of Hashem. HaKadosh Baruch Hu had planned these differences from the beginning, and he's waiting to see. Will this person utilize his stay in this world to bring forth by means of his own personality and his unique capabilities the greatness that he's capable of? Now it's important to understand that it's just because of these differences between man and his fellow man that there arises endless possibilities for each individual to shine and become an Oved Hashem. That's why when we look at our own history, we see unique individuals who came along and caused a revolution in the world because of the various characteristics that have passed down to the entire nation people were able to step forward and use their capabilities to accomplish great things, even to make changes in our history. I'm going to say a few cases. This is not the subject yet. I will soon begin the subject of great people in our history who stepped forward to use their own capabilities to become great. Now, I'm not capable of estimating the greatness of these great people. Who am I to measure these giants? I'm just telling you words like an ant looks up at a very high mountain. But even as ants, we can see that each one of these people, by means of his own ideas, his unique character, was able to introduce tremendous changes into our nation. Different personalities producing different greatnesses created a wonderful mosaic of Avoidus Hashem. We'll talk for a moment now about Rashi. Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchoki, Rashi, you have to know, used his personality to make a tremendous revolution in our history. Rashi is unequaled among the Mepharshim of the Torah. The Mesek Lushan, the sweetness of his language, is unparalleled. We have to study Rashi with the greatest Derech Eretz. He writes with such lucidity, such clarity, and he always hits the nail on the head. When we look at his words, we are amazed at the extraordinary ability that he had to help us understand what we would want to know. He uses exactly the right words, as if he's inspired Minashamayim. Maybe he was. All the yeshivas, all the lamdanim, most people who have any knowledge of Talmud at all, owe it entirely to Rashi. There's no end to the gratitude that we owe Rashi. He's the one who made Talmud Bavli available to the Jewish nation. Imagine today, if you didn't have Rashi, try to learn a new piece of Gemara with only Rabbeinu Gershom's parish on the side. Except for the Gedoyle Yisroel, it would be impossible for anybody to understand. Impossible. The world wouldn't learn any Gemara anymore. The Rishonim were able to understand the Gemara from certain traditions that they had. But we would be lost without Rashi. Rashi on the Gemara, you have to know, is one of the most wonderful achievements in history. I'm saying that without exaggeration. I don't have enough words to explain the tremendous significance of what Rashi did for us. The work that he left us is a masterpiece of style, lucidity, and ha'amaka, as if he had spent months and months on every page. 
Now that's one example of a person that utilized individual peculiarities, a talent that he had in himself to go ahead and turn the world upside down. Rashi could have been a person who didn't demonstrate this ability. He could have lived like a fine from Jew, and that's all. But the Kaddosh Baruch Hu was waiting, and Rashi showed him that he could produce something that's unique, something Rashidic. We cannot measure how much of a reward in Gan Eden forever and ever that Rashi is receiving for being Rashi. Now you'll have to forgive me for what I'm about to say, but other Gedolim, the Rishonim and Achronim, could never have accomplished what Rashi did. Rabbeinu Tam was a great man. All over Shas you can find Chidushim, great Lomdas you find from Rabbeinu Tam in Toysus, and yet he couldn't do what Rashi did. And Rashi wouldn't write Tosfos. Not because he didn't have a good head and he couldn't think of those kashas and tirutzim. There are sephorim that explain why Rashi is correct. There are sephorim that defend Rashi from the attacks of the Baalei Tosfos. It's not about who was greater, but they had different personalities and each of them used their peculiarities to accomplish for our nation. A different example. Many years later, another personality came along and made use of his personal tukhunas to cause a revolution in our history. Rabbi Yisrael Baal Shem Tov had a certain personality and he went into the forest and spent days communing with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. He became very great there. And when he came out, he caused a revolution in the world. The movement of Hasidus was something that brought in an entire wave of activity and inspiration that HaKadosh Baruch Hu could look down and be happy. Kaviachol, this is the man I was waiting for. We have no words to estimate the tremendous achievement of this one personality. The Baal Shem Tov had a fire in his heart and he ignited all of Europe. Once upon a time, Hasidim were people with fire. Tremendous fire. Sometimes they were too fiery. And that's why Miss Nagdim opposed them. But they were full of fire. For hundreds of years, the Jewish nation was ignited by a flame of inspiration. Everywhere. All over. Millions of people were inspired. Tremendous achievements. Only it's not so obvious today. Once upon a time, the world could understand more clearly how great was the unique accomplishment of the Baal Shem Tov in the world. Only that today, the boundaries are not so clear anymore. Today already, Hasidis, today has emerged with Hisnagdus together. It's all more or less the same today. Today, even the Misnagdim are gnashing from the Hasidim. So many good things. Yes, so many good things. Here's another man who became great in his own way. When Rav Yisrael Salanter Zichron Levrocha started the Musr movement, that people came together to learn Musr. Nobody did that. They knew there was a Mesil Zishorim. They knew about the Shari Shuva. And people learned them sometimes. But Rav Yisrael used his personal Tuchunus to recognize that much more was needed and he made it an ideal to come together and to concentrate on learning Musr. People came together and learned Musr aloud, with enthusiasm, with a fire of Hislavus. And Musr spread all over the world. All the yeshivas learn Musr today. Of course, it's not exactly the same as Rabbi Yisrael's ideal, but it's there. I was in Slobodka. They learned Musr a half hour only. 
every night a half hour. But it was done the way Rabbi Yisrael taught. We were shouting, Moitzei Shabbos. There were no lights. We sat in the darkness for over an hour and we were saying Musr words aloud. Aloud! At the end of the hour, we were all shouting. Some were weeping. Were weeping and shouting. And then we heard, It's time to daven Marif. We were still in the middle. We didn't want to stop. It was tremendously inspiring. Now some Gedolim were afraid they were making a new movement. Like one said, We don't want anything new. We are afraid of new things. But Rabbi Yisrael said, it's a Gemorrah. HaKadosh Baruch Hu leaves over a place for each person to accomplish unique things in this world. Because of everyone's unique nature, there's potential in everyone. And someday it might even come forth in such a way that will turn the whole history of our nation into a different direction. Rabbi Yisrael was a fire, and he understood that his special fire, his way of looking at the world, was important. He understood that, because everyone has different tuchunos. In every person's nature, there is potential for great things. Now allow me to add one more. It's not our topic. The famous people, but allow me one more. That's Sara Shinirer. I remember many years ago when I was in Slobodka, Rav Avraham Grudinsky, Zichron Levracha, went to visit Poland. And when he came back, I was sitting with my chaveirim around his table. And he said, I saw women in Poland like Farzitakur Rebetzins, like the old-time Rebetzins. He was so surprised. Old-time Rebetzins, we understand. But in his time, it was 1932. Things were different already. And when he saw some of the Talmidus of Beis Yaakov in Poland, he was amazed. The spirit was something new. How did that happen? Only because of Sarah Shinirer. She was a poor woman, a seamstress, who wasn't highly educated. What happened? During World War I, she came as a refugee to Vienna, and she was sitting there in a shul in the ladies' gallery, listening to the sermons of a certain Orthodox German rabbi. And she was so inspired, she said, This is the kind of thing that Jewish girls should hear. So sitting in the ladies' gallery, she decided to start a school for girls. We always had from women, from girls. But in the olden days, the base Yaakov was in the home. The mother was able to teach her daughter everything in the home. Even the Jewish street could teach a Jewish girl everything. But times had changed, and the Jewish street was no longer Jewish after World War I, and now it was going downhill. So this woman, on her own, took together girls in a little home, and she began teaching them inspiring things. And the girls spread out after a while and made a base Yaakov movement. You have no idea what happened. Sarah Shinerer came along, and she changed the course of history. It was a tremendous revolution in the world. The Beis Yaakov became a world movement that rejuvenated the Jewish people. We don't realize how much we owe her. She saved our people. And one of her Talmidus, Rebetzin Kaplan, came to America, and she turned America upside down. People don't realize it, that it was she who turned America upside down. 
Rebbe Aaron Cutler said. If not for Rebison Kaplan, there wouldn't be any kolim in America. The entire institution of kolim, of married men learning, was due solely to Rebison Kaplan, teaching the girls an ideal of working to support husbands that learn, a revolutionary idea. And her girls went out and changed the world. Not only that, she encouraged them to live with those ideals while building large families. She herself had 14 children of her own. At that time, there began an explosion in America, a population explosion. Large, from families were establishing all over. And all of this came forth by means of the personality of a woman, Rebison Vichna Kaplan. On her shoulders alone is the tremendous credit for hundreds and thousands of boys and girls who were born because of her inspiration. So many kolim and talmidei chachomim as a result. One person, one woman by means of contributing her own personality to the Am Yisrael. Those are some examples of people who utilized individual peculiarities they had in themselves to go ahead and turn the world upside down. I didn't intend to spend so much time on this, but the truth is we can spend much more time. We can sit here and talk until next week. Do you realize what the Rambam accomplished? The Rif. The Rif was not Rashi, but he brought about the revolution in Halacha. The Chaye Adam, the Chafetz Chaim, all of our great men who were great in different ways. And that's how they changed the history of the Jewish nation. Now, we come to ourselves. We want to see what is expected of us. Are we going to start world movements? Could be. It could be that some of you will write a farm or accomplish something else that will revolutionize the Jewish world. But that's not our point. Because if you don't start a movement for all history, it doesn't mean anything. Who cares about being famous? Hashem doesn't need famous people. Don't worry about changing the history of the Am Yisrael. Your most important concern is your own history. When you make use of the personality that Hashem gave to you, that's the way you become famous in the eyes of HaKadosh Baruch And in order that we should not lose sight of this great principle, that each person is expected to use his own personality to achieve his or her personal greatness in this world, HaKadosh Baruch Hu did something exceptional when he created the world. Pay attention to this now. In the beginning of time, when HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to create living things, he didn't merely create one pair of rabbits and tell them, go ahead and multiply and fill the world. No, he created millions of rabbits at one time. All over the world, rabbits started hopping around. He didn't create two elephants, male and female, and say, get busy and start having elephant offspring. No, He created elephants everywhere. So we see a plan here. Hashem wanted to populate the globe, and so he filled the world with all types of animals, birds, and insects. And yet, what do we see? That when HaKadosh Baruch Hu created mankind, he made an exception. He made only one man, one man, and one woman. The creation of man was the exception, and therefore it deserves an explanation. Why is it that when it comes to everything else, HaKadosh Baruch Hu went all out and made millions at once. But when he created the Min HaAdam, 
He was stingy and he made only one pair. Is it because he wanted to curtail the amount of human beings in this world? Oh no, just the opposite. Hashem wants a world full of people. Fill the whole world, he said. So why didn't he just make a million Adams just the way he made a million rabbits? And the Mishnah in Sanhedrin gives us the answer. You know why a man was created all alone? In order that every human being should say, For my sake, the world was created. You're everything. Forget about the fact that today there are other people too. Hashem wants you to remember that. At the beginning, there was one man. And he made it that way so that every man should know how important he is. That's a thunderous declaration. So that you should tell yourself, for me the world was created. So the next time you're walking on 13th Avenue and it's crowded, there are hundreds of people walking back and forth. Remember this great lesson. The whole universe was created for me. Don't worry that it was created for him and for him and for him too. As far as you're concerned, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is waiting for you to make the most of what he gave to you. You're the only one. We must spend our lives in learning this principle of the Torah because the world is fighting against it. If you look in other places, they will ridicule the greatness of man. They'll minimize him and make him into nothing. They want you to believe that you're a highly developed amoeba, a fish that came out of the water and grew legs. But the Torah, on the other hand, wants you to know how great you really are. Not to let you know how great is Rabbi Yisrael's salanter. In order that every human being should say, For my sake, the world was created. It means that this world is your place for achieving greatness by means of your peculiarities. The Rambam says that every person is capable of becoming as great as Moshe Rabbeinu. Not by being Moshe Rabbeinu. Not by being Rashi or Sarah Shenerer or the Baal Shem Tov. But by being yourself. Hashem has given us our own peculiarities. Our own characteristics. So that each one of us can shine in our own way. Every one of us has endless potentiality to become great. And we learn from those who did it already as a model for ourselves. We should strive all our lives to use the possibilities within ourselves to make something out of ourselves, not to remain nobodies. And the more we utilize our own lives, that's how we live successfully. Believe me, you are a success. Don't be satisfied. Continue striving. Try to press out of yourself more and more because you have it in you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is waiting to see what we will do with our lives. Everyone must become a tzaddik, a righteous man, or a righteous woman as much as possible. When you come to the next world, at the end of 120 years, you are going to be asked, why didn't you utilize all the potentialities that I gave to you? Now how to develop your own peculiarities? Often you'll have to seek out somebody wiser than yourself. But the first step is to recognize this great principle.
to know that you have in yourself a certain greatness, and it's your duty to try as much as possible to cause it to come to the surface. Now these tchunas that you have are your path to greatness. It has nothing to do with righteousness or with wickedness. The same tchuna is able to operate for virtue or for evil. Don't think that if you're an excitable person, you anger easily, so you're bad. No, if you're excitable, so you become nervous at injustice. You can be quick to anger and become irritable when you witness wickedness. You are deeply affected by things. So you become saddened when you see people suffering. And you do all that you can to help them. Even someone who is phlegmatic can direct his personality in the right direction. Sometimes a phlegmatic tzaddik can endure poverty more than others. He can sit and study Torah in a kolel in Yerushalayim without worries. He has 14 children to feed. And he provides for them day by day. And still he takes it calmly. And he sits and studies Torah. And he's able to live all his life in piety without becoming ill. He doesn't develop any ulcers because he's a phlegmatic and calm nature. Of course, that same tchuna can be misused. Here's a phlegmatic Russia. So he's stolid of character and he could look on at the sufferings of others without blinking an eye. He can even be hired as an assassin. He does it on a business basis. To him, it's like delivering goods. Other people sell merchandise. He sells himself as a hitman. So we see that the tuchuna is something that's basic in human nature. You cannot change it. But it doesn't mean virtue, and it doesn't mean wickedness. It can be utilized either way. And our job in this world is to utilize what HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave us for one purpose. To bring... Him, glory. That's what we all daven for every day. Yehi chavod Hashem le'olam. The honor of Hashem should be forever. We pray that Hashem should always have covered in this world. That's our highest endeavor, to bring glory to His name. And how do we do that? What's the best way to give honor to Him? Yismach Hashem b'masaf. When Hashem rejoices in His creation. When mankind gives nachas to the Creator, when we cause Him to rejoice in our deeds, that's our success. Right now, Hashem is looking at us, sitting here, right now. And what is He looking for? He's looking for nachas. He's looking for some pleasure from His massive, from the wide variety of people that He created. HaKadosh Baruch wants to get a separate kind of nachas from each one of us. What this person will do, what he's capable of accomplishing, nobody else can do. Everybody has something to contribute. The Am Yisrael is like a beautiful orchestra with thousands, millions of different musical instruments, and each one is contributing a beautiful sound that his neighbor cannot produce. The nachas that you can give HaKadosh Baruch Hu, nobody else can give him. And those that don't give that nachas, so Hashem is disappointed, Kaviyachol. It doesn't mean you're a Russia, but you have fallen short of his expectations. He's waiting to see something from you that you didn't do yet. Everybody, Israel, has inherited a character that is full of treasures, only that they're potential treasures. They're like a gold mine concealed within him. 
And even though he might be a rough and untrained character, nevertheless, it's possible for him to bring forth the greatness of his soul and become a perfect chassid in every respect if he utilizes the unique characteristics that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave to him. As long as he remembers that, for him, the world was created, and he uses whatever Hashem has given to him. Then Yismach Hashem Masav. Hashem Kaviachol rejoices. He's happy with what he created. He's smiling at you. And that's what the children of Yaakov told their father. Shema Yisroel, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Listen, Yisroel, our father, Hashem is our God. Hashem is one. We might be very different from each other, they said. One of us is like a lion, full of energy. Another one of us is volatile. He's emotional. This one is phlegmatic and stolid. Everyone has a certain way of expressing his personality, his peculiar characteristics. And that means that each one of us can shine in Avaidah Hashem in our own unique way. Each one will use his own talents to produce a different kind of shlemus in the service of the one Hashem. When Yaakov heard those words from his children, his fears were calmed. If that's the case, then Baruch Shem Kevod Malchuso Le'olam Void. If you'll all be dedicated to taking the differences that Hashem created you with and using them to serve Him, then that will be the greatest glory for Hashem. By means of all of those differences, a tremendous mosaic of Avodah Hashem is painted. A beautiful painting of many colors where everyone is most important. Have a wonderful Shabbos.